Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is episode 124 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this week is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and they will roast coffee specifically for your order and then ship it to you. So you don't even have to leave the house, and you can get great coffee, and uh, all you got to do is grind it up and brew it and whammo. The coffee is amazing. It's my favorite coffee. I'm not just saying that. I actually drink the coffee every single day. There's some right next to me right now. So get yourself some Couchtown Coffee. Go to www.couchtowncoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you make an order, let them know Audible Farm sent you. Use the code word Audible Farm when you make your order, and they will give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. Thanks, Couchtown this episode, I am sitting down with Ryan Craig of All Guts, No Glory. Uh, they're a band that I guess you could call them a rock band. Maybe you could call them a grunge or an alt-rock band. Uh, somewhere in there, if you spin all that in a can, and then out comes All Guts, No Glory. They're from the Atumwa area. I've heard their music before. I haven't seen them live, but I have listened to their stuff before. It's really good. It's uh, If you guys are into any of that rock and roll that came out from like the 90s into the early 2000s, anything from the grunge to uh, that new harder rock that came out, anything in that window... If that's your kind of music, you'll like these guys. So uh, check it out. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I didn't really know Ryan too much before we sat down and did the podcast, but I know him now. He's a fun guy. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. I had a great time sitting down talking with him. So check it out. This is Ryan Craig with All Guts, No Glory. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. All right. Today I'm sitting down with Ryan Craig. Uh, Ryan, I've actually found your band online. I've known about All Guts No Glory for for a while now and i know you guys exist and i don't i don't remember how i think you sent me a message or maybe the band sent me a message but it was uh i was just like oh yeah i gotta get in touch with these guys so here we are we're chatting you guys are a rock band from Atumwa, but you know rock is such a wide genre choice it's a subjective you know? term yeah yeah it's kind of like i'm a punk band it's like well that's that could be anything you know or, or even country these days you could be anything if you're country so so Ryan, you are in a, a rock band. I guess we could say it leans somewhere towards like grunge or or maybe like that yeah. alt rock of the '90s and things like that. Is I we were talked a tiny bit before the podcast. You said you'd been in other bands. Um, were the other bands you were in something along these lines too, as far as like the rock um, and alt rock? Well, uh, the most well known band I was in before this was called Ashes Armada, and oh. it was. Um, it was slightly heavier, I think, more modern rock kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we played a lot, a lot, a lot of shows and were fairly successful. And then I left that and started a metal band called Face the Ghost. Okay. Was, we called that hardcore rock and roll. It was like melodic, like hard rock riffs and Lucas's vocal style was like uh, Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die was his main influence. So. Oh, cool. 
I've I've actually yeah. heard of Ashes Armada, which is pretty wild. I've only been like I would say really? I've, I've only had my finger on the pulse of the music scene for like maybe five years tops now. I've kind of dipped in and out of it here here and there the last 10 15 years but i've definitely heard of them so um whatever yeah. yeah whatever you guys were doing then i've i mean it made it all the way up here and i'm in northern iowa so i've i've wow. at least i've at least heard of you guys so um, um yeah we actually on a whim we decided to enter a battle of the bands to play rock fest in kansas city about five years ago and we got on and got to play the biggest single day festival in the in the nation. And that was my big, big moment with Ashes Armada. That's cool. That's cool. Those big, like, it was epic. Those big one day festivals can be tons of fun. I know it's kind of hard to like pluck fans away from the festival to come interact with you and stuff like that like after the set. Mud and, <laughs> and people everywhere, booze and, oh God. You know, you can imagine it was. It was it was happening. Oh yeah, those outdoor festivals too. I don't think it'd be an outdoor Nuts, festival without man. without mud. You know, the mud at the outdoor right? festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but the, they seem to go hand in hand, especially the last ten plus years. It's just I don't know if it's always been a thing, yeah. but God, those outdoor shows are tons of fun. How did you guys get hooked up with that show down in Kansas City? Was it something where you heard a blurb online and, and threw your name in the yeah, hat? Or? I think uh, it was. There was a battle of bands to to be on the third stage and we entered it and every, and our fans voted for us and lo and behold we were going to kansas city that's that's <laughs> cool those battle of the bands things are tough too because like so yeah, so much of it comes down to like who brought the most fans and i guess there's some merit involved in that because like i guess if you're not a good mm-hmm. band you're not bringing fans anyways so exactly you know so I love hearing people's talk about like, oh, battle of the bands. Some people love them, some people hate them, but it's always that weird thing where it's like, well, I guess you just just go do it if you want to go do it. But uh, also, I like to say that I've never won a battle of the bands, but I've never lost a party. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a beautiful saying for uh, for all the musicians out there that have been soured yes. off by the battle of the bands you've never lost yes. a party i've man. never won a battle of the bands but i've never lost a party i love that i love that <laughs> oh every episode we seem to have like some good advice and that's going to be one bookmark it everybody put that in your books and uh and take that nice. with you on your days nice dude i like that one a lot because i i mean i do talk to a lot of people about their feelings because there's no right or wrong way to go about traversing the music scene and that's been a hot button issue is the the battle of the bands i mean there's none of them going on now because of covid but i mean that's yeah that always seemed to be a hot button issue it always bugs me when people take themselves too seriously Ooh yeah yeah. we're local bands we're 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 fooling ourselves into thinking we are entertaining people getting up on stage (laughs) to an extent yeah kind of not to do this you know yeah i mean 100 percent uh there is something to be said for taking yourself too seriously uh on the same end of that spectrum there should be something to be said about not taking yourself seriously enough too though exactly yeah it's a a happy medium yeah i mean hey and i mean i've like i said i've been in bands and i've kind of seen it from a lot of different angles and there's i've seen it from both angles taking yourself both too seriously and and not not seriously at all and it's I don't know which one's more detrimental. Would you Would you have an opinion? I just try to have fun, man. If I'm not having fun, 
why do it? Yeah, uh, that is also another common common occurrence on this podcast. There's not a whole lot of people that are out there playing music for fame, glory, and money. You know, on the local scene, we're all doing it for fun. We I like- don't want to be famous. <laughs> I don't want paparazzi up my ass all the time. <laughs> Hell no. Oh man, yeah, and I, I mean, I'm a hermit by nature. I'm a homebody. <laughs> So you guys started this band out of a tumwa. How did you form the band All Guts No Glory? Then I gotta ask that because well, uh, Lucas and I, uh, we had just broken up our previous band, Face the Ghost, where he was the vocalist, and I there was a conversation we had, and I asked him, uh, "What next? What are we doing next?" And he goes, "Well." I'm probably going to go to school or something. And I'm like, no, no, no. What kind of band are we doing next? You're not getting out of this this easily. <laughs> He's like, fine, I'll do another band with you, but I'm not singing. I'm, I'm playing an instrument this time. I'm not going to be the front man. <laughs> and then we got Jeremy Bendy. Nice. Who is in Good Devils. That's cool. Uh, and he decided he wanted to learn to play the drums. Mm-hmm. So... He was, he was our drummer when we started, mm-hmm. and it's funny how our bass player joined. Uh, Lucas didn't know what instrument he wanted to start playing, and we we gathered for our first meeting. He's like, I guess I'll play bass, and <laughs> and Bendy's like, No, Alan, who was his, Bendy and Alan were roommates at this time, and we practiced in Alan's basement. And he's like, Alan, get in here, pick up your bass. And there, that's how Alan got into the band. He learned two songs the first night, and it was like, well, <laughs> he's our guy. And Lucas was like, fine, I guess I'll play guitar. And then a couple of weeks later, I had the idea that well, I've known Jeff Alexander, our singer, for almost a decade now. He was in a band called 20 Foot Forehead. We played our paths had crossed many times. I always considered him a really good friend and I always loved what he does vocally and and his stage banter is just priceless. He's one of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever met. Uh, so there's just a natural charisma to this guy. And I, I mentioned, hey man, why don't we get this guy I know to come in and try out for lead vocals? And they were kind of hesitant at first, but we he, Jeff came in and we wrote two songs in the first night. And I was like, well, I guess we're a five-piece now. So nice. It's kind of funny how all that works out. Sometimes you get a little bit of a yeah. plan in your head, and then it changes a little bit. And then before you know it, it's like, you know, this could work, even though it's not what I originally had in mind. Yeah, and it sounded – it worked right off the bat. And then uh, late last year – well, late in – early in 2020 – uh, Bendy left to go focus on uh, Good Devils. Between working full time and and doing two full time bands, he was just burnt. And so he went. To, uh, he left to go focus on Good Devils, and we put out the the standard. We were looking for a drummer, and we we tried out a couple guys, and then Steve Jones came and tried out, and just instantly nailed all the songs. <laughs> Fit in personality-wise, and so now, and Steve's been around the scene for many years, so that's how Steve got in our band. I always feel like finding and a drummer. I always feel like finding a drummer yeah, is one of the hardest parts too. 
yeah, we got really lucky. We got really lucky with Steve. And uh, we're actually getting ready to go in the studio and track an EP. Oh, right cool. Cool. Yeah. So uh, we just I, had practice last night and it sounded really good. So, I mean, we had talked about it before the podcast. I'll mention it again in case I didn't mention it on the intro part of this. But it's uh, you guys do have an album out. It's called Pyrokinesis for Beginners. Yes. And you also have singles out um, available anywhere you listen to music online. So if anybody's looking for yeah. all, gl- all Guts, No Glory, check it out online. But you said new EP coming out. Yep, and we're going to record that at the same place. We recorded Pyrokinesis for Beginners. We recorded with uh, John Rowell at Black Lab Studios. Cool. That was an awesome, awesome experience. That's the best best experience I've ever had recording. So That's good to say. I've actually talked to John. I've met him a few times like in passing in the music scene. Um, I've had him on the podcast He's once. He's just a good dude. Bingo. Yeah, just a good dude all around. It's a uh, really good dude. Yeah, and I mean those people that play music and also help out other people in the music scene by like recording and doing stuff like that. I mean, come on, they're the, some of the best people out there. Exactly, and John actually is going to focus on recording now. He's he's no longer performing, doing shows. So yeah, because he spent a lot of time with uh, Bendy in the Good Devils for a yeah, while. Yeah, Good Devils. Yep. Yeah, and I mean I I remember Jonathan from when he played with TV Cop you know, a couple years back. And I mean, that's kind of how I met him was through the TV cop guys. But, uh, you know, it's really cool when there's local people around you. Cause, um, Jonathan Rowell with the black lab studios is, is near you, right. In Omaha or in a Tumwa. In a Tumwa. Yeah. So I first met John when he was in a band called unceremonious and we bonded over our, uh, our love of CKY. So cool. <laughs> our, uh, I did my Rab himself impersonation, and he topped mine. So I'm like, okay, this guy's, we're going to be friends. <laughs> All that old stuff. Oh, man, CKY, that's a, that's a somewhat of a blast from the past. You guys, like, uh, I feel like oh, there's yeah. a skater. I mean, like, CKY was always kind of one of those bands that was popular with the skater guys. I think Bam Margera was one of the, ba- the people that kind of yep. pushed them up into popularity a little bit more. Well, their drummer is Bam's brother. Oh, I didn't, yes. I didn't know that. That So there you go. Um, yeah. Is there like a big skating community down there? Because I feel like a lot of you guys down there, for some reason, I feel like a lot of you guys are involved in that community somewhat. I'm not a skater. Me either. But <laughs> I know people who are. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a small skate park in Atumwa, I guess. Cool. Down by the river. Nice. But- I feel like yeah. a, I feel like a Tomo gets undersold a lot. There's a, I've been down there a couple times to see shows, and it's it's not like the town is packed full of tons of stuff to do, but it, you have a decently big town with stuff to do, though. Yeah, it's and, and it's just so it's so hungry for like music and creativity. There's nothing else to do around here, so there are a lot of good bands. Like, I'm wearing my Hollow Tree shirt right now. I love them. Oh my god! And uh, yeah, go go online and look up Iowa music. You'll find I would say like one out of three bands in Iowa that you see posting stuff online seems to be from the Atomo area. And I I don't know yeah. I don't know if it's something in the water or like you said, there's not much else to do, or if or if you guys all just kind of buddy up and have a good community down there. I don't know what it is down there, but oh, there's definitely a good community between the bands and I'm friends with most of the people I'm friends with are in bands. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, and it's not like that yeah. in every town, unfortunately. No. And I don't even live in a tumble. I live in a little town 20 miles West called Albia. So. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I mean, that's another thing too. I like, I live in a small town outside of you know, Fort Dodge, which is kind of where I hang my hat is in the Fort Dodge area, which is in Northern nice. Iowa. But like, I spent a lot of music, t- musical time down in Des Moines too. So I'm not even from anywhere I've near where I, Des Moines. Yeah, I saw you talk to Marco and Nate from Blacked Out World. I love those guys. Dude, those guys are so funny. Those guys are my dudes, man. <laughs> I didn't realize what I was getting myself into until about halfway in the oh. interview. Uh, they like they to laugh. Did. That was a fun one. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> so you got this new EP coming out. I got to ask you, was there a thought process behind putting out an EP? Uh, how many songs are going to be on it? Six. Six. Uh, the thought process is, uh, uh, nobody's really paying attention to albums these days. This, this, the attention span is so short nowadays and it's just tough to get people to listen to an entire album. So we figured an EP would be smarter at this point and we've got we had the six songs already worked up and we're we've actually got more than six that are kind of in the pipeline but these six are the best ones we've got right now and we're gonna go ahead and put them out we feel like it's a an evolution from the from pyrokinesis to be uh for beginners too that's cool man i i agree 100 percent. it's like the album concept is kind of going away Um, not that, not that it should, or, or it should be dead forever or anything like that, but you're a hundred percent just the way things are. Yeah, you're right. How would you like to have a band that only has an album come out every 18 months or you could put out an EP, you know, almost every eight or nine months, you know, almost twice a year, you could put out an EP if you really wanted to. I mean, it's kind of like, let's trickle the stuff out there for the people instead of just making them wait and then sending it all out at once. That doesn't work so much anymore in our society. Yeah, which kind of sucks because I like listening to albums, but yeah. I like listening to EPs too. I do too, and I I think like the only bad part about it is trying to stuff an EP on a vinyl is kind of difficult because you you either end up with like a bunch of blank, you know, blank stuff on one side or the other depending on how much music's on there. Plus, it's it's like well, if there's only six or seven songs on an, on a vinyl, maybe people won't buy it. I mean. Uh, the band I'm in released. We released a vinyl, and believe it or not, people are actually buying that like three to one over CDs. <laughs> you're though, you're so. in finger Betty, right? You got it, dude. Yep. Nice. Yeah, we just I released. You guys stuff out. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it, man. Uh, all the way across the state, getting that love. I love it. You know, and that's what really this all about is uh, is supporting each other. You know, and speaking of which, it's it's crazy how many people are willing to support bands, um, even in like downtime like this, where I haven't played a show with Three Finger Betty and you know, four, four months, maybe five months. I don't know. It's been a while, but we still have like an online okay. shop and people are buying, like I said, they're buying the the vinyl three to one over a CD. That's, it's kind of wild. Wow. And I guess vinyl's, vinyl's making a big comeback. It man. is. It is. I've had people cool that don't even, that. what's that? It's cool to see that. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I don't know how old you are. I'm sure we're not terribly far off in age, but I'm sure you 39. had 39. So, oh yeah, I'm only 33. So we're, we're close enough. You didn't really grow up too much with vinyl then. I mean, they were around when you were young, but it, I'm sure, you know, tapes were kind of king or, or tapes so. Tapes and CDs were the thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I've got a bunch of vinyl over here and I've, I've recently started collecting local vinyl because I think it's cool to have Iowa bands putting out vinyl, even though it's kind of a, you know, pain in the butt to get a vinyl out there, but it's, it's still really cool. Have you guys ever tried to sell physical, uh, media like that? Uh, no, we haven't, but we're, we just decided last night that we're going to do physical copies of this upcoming EP. Nice. Nice. 
That's cool, man. You gonna do the the CD route? Because uh, honestly, yeah, honestly, CDs. It used to be kind of tough to get CDs, but now I I actually just went online and ordered some for Three Finger Betty. I realized it's not too hard to get CDs anymore. Oh, it's not. No, there's a lot of companies out there um, willing to work very cost effectively to get CDs into the hands of artists. So. Um, I guess, you know, if you want to chat afterwards, we can chat afterwards. Otherwise I can just, I can just let the cat out of the bag. CD baby, um, will actually make CDs for you for a pretty decent price and the turnaround's pretty fast. So if anybody's looking for advice, that's the one I'll say. Yeah. I've actually ordered, uh, music off a of CD baby before. Yeah. Um, it's my uh, favorite, uh, unsigned bands are, have CDs there. Yeah, it used to be huge. I think they recently closed their their storefronts on CD Baby, unfortunately. So you can't go there and buy CDs. You might still be able to buy digital music, but it used to be a really cool place for people to distribute music from, though, too. Yeah. Um, Now I think a lot of people are going to DistroKid, but that's, you know. Yep, that's what we do. That's what we did, too. And it's uh, honestly, DistroKid is so easy. It's like idiot proof. Yeah, I mean, I, I I love it. We let Jeff handle that stuff. He's he's a good businessman. So. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I always find that too in bands. It's usually just like you're doing the digital stuff and like and you're doing the sound stuff when we need to do sound, you know. And like, there's always some of those people that kind of you pick out in the bands that are those types yeah. of people. And I don't know. I, I'm I feel kind like of our social media guy. So. You've done a good job, actually. I was looking at your page. You got 800 plus likes on your Facebook page. That's pretty stellar, dude. That's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. I know a lot of bands that have been around for multiple years that don't even have 500. And it's some of it comes down to just pushing it a little bit. You know, it's I feel like a little bit of a shill pushing social media. But, you know, when you're just like, hey, like my band, it's (laughs) you feel like kind of an idiot. It's been tough this last year just because we're not playing shows. It's like, hey, like my band. Just for no reason, like my band. Yeah, Here we, you go. Yeah, we like it. We we put out an album. You go listen to it. You know, I, I totally get it. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. We put uh, out an album that we can't go support, but like our band on the on the internet anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and it's tough though, but it's like we said earlier, it's cool when you have that support because even if you only have a few dozen people listening to your music online, it's just like, man, there's. 30 40 people that chose to listen to my music online this week that's wild yeah that's me. a good feeling it, it, it really is and i i'm not one to be like too sentimental and stuff but um you know i've i've got a couple cds here i'm getting ready to ship out for three finger betty and it's just like man i can't believe there's this many people supporting local music and it's so neat such a neat feeling you know even if you just ship out that's a, a cool cd week what's that it's a really good it's a really cool community yeah and i I, you know, I, I thought when not just I, the bands, but the fans that follow everything. They, they're usually at most of the shows. It's like so, you get to be friends with these people, and yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, some, sometimes it's it, even get, it's cool. like you said, people in other bands will do that for you too. Will you show up and be like, oh, well, like, you know, oh, Bendy's not in the band anymore, but boom, there he is at the show. Cool. It's like awesome to see him. Exactly. You know, you know and uh, that's the kind of cool stuff that always made me smile when i played music was to see another musician that wasn't even on the card in the show it, I, I don't think anything's made me smile at a live show that much ever you know <laughs> i love doing that i love going to shows where i don't have to play and just <laughs> hanging out having a beer and checking out my friend's bands yeah these guys are at work right now <laughs> oh my god 
<laughs> I I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. These That's... guys are at work right now, and I'm here. Drink, I'm here drinking a beer, chilling. Yep. Oh my gosh. You guys, you guys got to load in and load out. Huh? Have fun with your load in and load out. <laughs> I'm gonna go have another beer. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. You know, nothing against playing and loading in and loading out either. But you know, that is one of the fun things. It's like the secret fun things as a musician, where it's like, oh, I get to show up and just enjoy music today. I don't even have to play at all. Like, yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I don't want to say that, you know, I, I love playing shows. I like going to shows and playing. Don't, I do too. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's, I'm just kind of joking around. But it is kind of fun to be able to go to shows and just be like, I don't have to do anything today. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm here on my day off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, How did you get fired on your day off? <laughs> <laughs> So how did you guys end up like leaning towards the alt rock or the rock uh, slash grunge thing? Was it was it music you guys all grew up on? Was it uh, hints yeah. of hints of old bands that kind of just just bled into this new band, or was it something you guys all sat down and were like, "This is the sound we're going for"? Or how did it all happen? It wasn't really it wasn't really much discussion to it. We just decided Lucas and I decided that we wanted to do some. We wanted to try doing like grunge. And I'm like, well, that's kind of my guitar style anyway. So, like, I'm, I'm really into old Soundgarden. There was a band called Tad that I really gravitated towards. You say Cad? Melvin's Tad. T A D. Um, they're an old Seattle band. I'm looking it I really up after the this. Melvin's. Uh, dude, uh, Melvin's are cool. Jams. I keep interrupting you. Oh, what was what was the band after the what was the bands after Melvin's? I keep interrupting you. <laughs> Pearl Jam, They're, yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, I I uh, feel like I didn't like the grunge music when I was younger, growing up. And the older I get, the more I like it. And I don't know what the I deal with it. I don't know what the deal with that is. But like, I found myself liking like Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and things like that a lot more than. Oh yeah, we we're we're really into Alice in Chains. That's one of our main influences. I I think some of the thing that gets me with Alice in Chains is the vocals. You know, it's that yes, that the two singers that are in harmony but it's almost not <laughs> like it's it's crazy cool i don't know how they're it's, pulling it's it off really eerie sounding i love it yeah that's that's actually a really great way to to say it it's almost like melancholy like eerie eerie is the perfect way to say it it's 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 great tunes you know and i mean i'm sure and lyrics are so dark did you uh grow up listening to music like that i, I mean you're a few years yes. older than me so you, i did yeah so i'm trying to think i'm I started listening to music pretty heavily in like the late nineties and two thousands. Um, so if I can go back about six years, it's probably about the mid nineties for you when yeah. you, when you started really kind of digging in. So that would have been about the grunge era of stuff there. So the band that actually made me want to play, get, pick up a guitar and play, like made me think I could pick up a guitar and play was actually Green Day when Dookie came out. Oh yeah. So it's like, oh, that's just power chords and a snotty ass attitude. I could do that. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, maybe we'll try the bass parts on this. And it's like, oh, that's a little more difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I was, dirt is no joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's tons of fun to sit there. And, and I, I've played bass sometimes at jam nights and stuff. And people will bust out weird songs like that, too. Like, we're going to play a Green Day song. And it's like, ooh. This might, yeah, I'll play bass with this one, you know, and it's, I can't do it justice, but it's still fun to go out there and do that kind of stuff. Uh, how did you start playing guitar? Let me ask you that. Um, well, I'd always wanted to, and then 
uh, for Christmas when I was 16, my family got me just a cheap-ass Harmony electric, and I was given an old PB practice amp, and a buddy showed me a couple power cords, and I taught myself by ear. So. Oh, cool. Cool. That's such, yeah. a, that's such a crazy parallel because I got my first guitar from my parents when I was 16 and it was Christmas. So, like, believe it or not, nice. it's like we're brothers. No. <laughs> What's weird is I've never wanted to be a lead guitar player. I always wanted to play rhythm. That's always been what I was more drawn to, which works great because Lucas is kind of gravitating towards the lead side of things. I'm like, yes, yes. I'll <laughs> <to> my plan. <laughs> Dude, I, I will have to say, though, there is something noble about being a, a rhythm guitarist. I really enjoy playing yeah. playing rhythm. I, I enjoy chugging around and making like counter rhythms to what might normally be going on. Plus, you can get a little bit of lead stuff going on in... in I play a few solos in our stuff. Yeah, and it's not like you're just power chord, power chord, power chord, power chord. You no, can there's, you there's can a lot of riffing. Yeah, that's the coolest part about playing rhythm guitar, as far as I'm concerned, is like learning those little bits of riffs and stringing them together. And you're like, dude, this this rhythm part's I'm not nothing against the lead guy, but I think this rhythm part's more fun to play. You know? Yeah. And what's crazy with our band is I can build like rhythm parts. When Lucas writes something, I'll, I'll usually wait till Alan comes with with his bass part and I'll build the rhythm guitar off of that. Oh, nice. Alan is so good. Oh, we're on hold. What happened? Are you there? I'm back. <laughs> oh, had one of those damn robo calls call. Oh, oh geez. I've been getting a bunch of those the last few days. So have I, I don't know what the deal is, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, you oh, yeah. you said you usually wait for the bassist to come in and, and add his special yeah. sauce, and then you kind of season that up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Alan and I have a really good system going, so that's that's good. I've I've loved doing that. I when I joined Three Finger Betty, they already had songs like pre constructed, and they were like, "Here's an open guitar part for you to do whatever you want with." And I I myself also found myself uh, leaning more towards what the bassist was doing. I feel like that, you know, lends itself to the rhythm guitar more anyways. Um, The bass and the drummer are are in each other's pocket. If you kind of like lean on the bassist a little bit, it's like, well, I'm kind of doing what the bass is doing, even though I'm shadowing what the other guitar is doing. But what's crazy about this is uh, this is Alan's first band. Oh, really? He's just like a fish, like a fish to water. That's that's crazy. I feel like the, there's a shortage of bassists, but I also feel like some bassists just especially good ones. <laughs> the good ones just sneak out. They're like, I'm I'm here, and it's like, where have you been for the last yeah. ten years? And it's like, I don't know, just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I felt about Alan. It's like, dude, where have you been all my life? <laughs> oh man, I, I also feel like being a like you said though, being a good bassist. There's something to that because like. I can play oh, yeah. bass, but like I'm not. I want to say I'm. I'm not a bassist though. I can play bass, but I'm not like insanely good. You know. Um, Same here. So when you get those good guys around, it's it's kind of nice to be like, God dang, this guy's it's got something special. Yeah. Oh man! So you started playing guitar when your parents got you a guitar. What was the first band you formed afterwards? Um. Oh man. 
we, it was almost, it was like right after I graduated high school, uh, some friends and I formed kind of a punk band. We never had a singer or anything. And we just jammed in a basement. And I ended up playing bass in that band after a while. Hmm. And then after that, I hooked up with a former classmate a couple years, like a year after that. And we started a band called uh, Black Summer. Okay. And we went through several different lineup changes. And we played, well, the first, and then we changed the name to Afterburn for a while. Played a show, band broke up, started Black Summer again. That band broke up, started Afterburn again. That band, and then that became Simple Design, and that lasted for a couple of years. But I played with the same drummer for like 11 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, I feel like there's something to be said for that, too. If you can yeah. buddy up with a rhythm section, you guys can get so tight together that it's oh, uh, yeah. it's weird. You know, I, I've, I've, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between your story and mine. I mean, I didn't, I didn't do too much music after high school until like my late 20s, but uh, the drummer I've been playing with in Three Finger Betty, also, I also went to school with, and we had a band together in high school. So I, I still have all of those practices together to get, you know, weirdly tight with nice. one another and you know it's I, f- I feel like that's something underestimated too is the longevity of of the relationships you have with somebody in music the longer you play with them yeah. the better you get the you know the more on the same page each one of you gets with exactly. each other's music and, and yeah then when we formed another band after simple design broke up and that introduced the vocalist the seth the vocalist who went on to form ashes armada which we basically just changed the name of Painful Monday to Ashes Armada. And then after a while, Travis quit and we got the bassist little brother in on drums. And he had his best friend was a killer lead guitar player. And that's when Ashes Armada really took shape. So it was just all kind of boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Guys, it sounds like you've never you... keep rolling. Yeah, it sounds like uh, these, I don't want to call them setbacks. I'm using air quotes, but I don't want to, it sounds like these setbacks weren't really much of setbacks to you at all. No, they felt like setbacks at the time, but every time we, every time one happened, I came out better. So, yeah. oh man, that's, <laughs> that's, that's such a hard thing to do. Cause I mean, especially now, like, you know, COVID and everything's rough for everyone this last year and stuff. And the setbacks might seem super huge, but you know, it could just be an opportunity for something else that might be, you know, maybe better or better for you or better for whoever's involved, you know, and, um, you know, it's tough trying new things, getting around new people. And like you said, uh, we need to make a new band and it's tough to bring new people into the fold, but like you also said, it it's it can work out in your benefit sometimes. You find people that you're just like, yeah. where were you this whole time? I could have used you in my yeah. other band, you know? Exactly. You know. I don't know how many times I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go for actually, it. Actually, uh, the whole COVID thing might have been a blessing in disguise because we've written six really good songs this past year. Good. Some of the best stuff I've ever been involved in. I'm so happy to hear that, that you guys weren't one of those bands that just kind of rolled over and played dead during all this. 
we're all too stubborn for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, I also feel it with some bands, it's like, well, we can't get together. We're too far apart or, or they're, you know, they're going to quarantine a little bit more than, than some other people are. So not every band has the opportunity to get together. Some bands have, you know, people in different parts of the state and they can't meet up yeah. or whatever. So it is tough for bands to be making music these days, but it is awesome to hear that bands are doing it. Cause, um, you know, I mean that's no different than Three Finger Betty. I don't. I'm not, you know, in charge of too much of the writing process. But but John's written a bunch of songs during COVID because, because why not? What else are you gonna do when you're not playing shows? Nice. You know, did you guys even attempt to play any shows during COVID? We played one show. Uh, we played in June at a place called Joysticks Rock Dock in Keokuk, and it was a really cool venue. That was, uh, it was like an arcade and pizza place and then we played on an old loading dock that had been converted into a really cool stage that's awesome other than that no we haven't done anything yeah like right around june it was actually steve's first show with us (laughs) you get one show in then you gotta wait another nine months before you get another one in (laughs) right that was actually like right when the state opened all back up for the first time it was like in june because i remember that we played we played a show for that too and uh we also played one that was like a private show in May where we like uh, pretty much rented a building from a venue and didn't allow anybody in, but we played and live, strum- li- live streamed it to everybody. Nice. And uh, I mean, even that was weird because that was when everything was locked down and the cops still came and shut it down, which I get it, but it's also like <laughs> we were in a closed venue with five people in a giant building, so I don't know. But I get it. You know, it was got to do what they're telling you to do and we thought it would be all right but apparently it wasn't you know and we've we've tried to play shows here and there we've played a couple but it seems to be that a lot of the venues are are fairly empty and i mean once again justifiably so it's uh it's not easy to get a booking right now it's not easy to get paid right now it's not easy to play right now and the social atmosphere for it is not also not very good to try and play but I do commend bands that are doing things, whether it be playing or writing new music. It's uh, you're you're still doing the work, you know. Exactly. You know, I is it is it hard for you guys to write music during these times, or have you uh, found more good like content to write about, or are you just kind of winging it, or is this next album going to be like all based on your time spent alone during COVID or what's, uh, what's this new EP going to kind of lean towards? You have to ask Jeff about that. Actually, he's the main lyricist. I just, I have a nonstop flow of riffs. I've got (laughs) recording software on my computer and I can just plug in and on a good day, I can come up with skeletons for like three songs. So nice. Nice. And I've got an archive of like ten years worth of that. So, dude, that's legit. I just yeah. started doing something like that at my house, and I—it's like you said. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not good at like putting songs together, and I don't know why. I just most of the stuff I put together, I don't like it, and I don't know why. But it's just what. And other people are like, that's eh, good, but you know, I don't know. Maybe it's my personal preference. But I just started like, I got a recording thingy here and i plug it in and i get my just plug my guitar in and it's like you can just record riffs for days with this recording software and just chop it up yeah. any way you want and slam it together and wham you've got a song and like i said i'm i'm pretty hard on myself when it comes to songwriting but i just started doing that and it's so beneficial to writing music to be able to be like oh this riff i had like three weeks ago was killer and you just pull it back up and like that's how it goes instead of trying to 
pull it out of your mind, you know, and be like, how did that go? It goes something like this, maybe? Yeah, I'll, you know? uh, I just come up with something and I'll send a rough draft to the band chat on Messenger and then I'll send it to guys' emails and then they come up with their parts or, and then a lot of times we'll sit at practice and like, yeah, it was cool on the demo, but why don't we try putting this here? Go this many times. Jeff's really good at that. That's awesome. Jeff's, Jeff's really good at structuring stuff. So Structure is uh, probably the thing I struggle the most with when it comes to writing music. Uh, you know, like like you said, I can I can write riffs, but I can't put them together. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. So I probably need to like slightly buddy up with somebody or have somebody help me out. But it's so cool to know that like it's not like you're writing all the music and like here it's completely done. Somebody write lyrics. No, and it's, it's not like that at all. Yeah, I mean. I've I've been in bands like that, and I'm okay with that because it kind of lowers the workload for other people. <laughs> but it's also a little less fun when somebody's like, "I wrote this. You have to play it exactly like this, and no variations at all." I didn't write that note for you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's tough, and I also get it though. If you're gonna write music completely and fully on your own, you probably want everyone else to perform it the way you wrote it instead of changing it up. But it's also it's so beneficial to be malleable when you come to a band setting and be like, "Hey." I wrote this, but what do you guys think of it? You, should we do this? Put your spin on it here. Should we change something? Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not always easy. Plus, like, I mean, you got to commend you guys personally for that to be open minded enough, all of you, to to take in the criticism from one another without making it seem like, oh, this guy hates me now because he didn't like the riff. You know, didn't like that at all. It's just, that's how we write. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's nothing against other bands. Like I said, uh, I'm sure every band is a little bit different, but it's it really does help to have, like, uh, even within your own band, that support to know that everyone's on each other's side, you know? And uh, Absolutely. Gosh. And I, I, like I said, I'm not going to try my, I'm going to try my best to just keep it as positive as possible, but it's not always that case when you're in bands. I'm sure you've seen that in your history with other bands. Um, we're yep. not, you know, don't it's call not, it, don't call anybody out, but you I know, won't. You know but it, it happens. I've been there and done that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see, I could see if I ever wanted to lead a band, me having issues with that you know like and that's one reason i don't want to start a band because i don't want to be the guy that's like no we gotta do it this way and this is the only way to do it so i'm i'm pretty cool tagging along and adding adding my spice to somebody's already made recipe you know <laughs> exactly um so we got we've, we've given everybody in the band a shout out we discussed how the band formed we've got the new album or the new ep rather coming out this year 2020 do you have a date set for 2021 2021 yeah it's 2021 yeah my bad i uh it's cool it's uh, cool i'm just i i i I can't blame you you know (laughs) i'm over here everything is just kind of (laughs) run together dude yeah i actually posted uh last year on the audible day that ends in (laughs) Y. I always say that I posted something on the podcast as in like last year on the podcast, this happened and I posted it and it was from 2019 and not 2020. So I, I've, I've been doing it a lot lately where I've been, the 2021 switchover has ruined me, has ruined me for this, but 2021. What we, uh, we don't have a release date yet. We're not going to put a deadline on it. We want to go in the studio and make sure it's right. Mm -hmm. you know, there's something to be said about that too. If you set a if you set a release date, you might have to rush the album to get finished. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to rush anything. The other end of that the is songs um, are so good. We want them we want them 
to come out on the recording as good as good as as we hear them so yeah yeah 100 percent. plus the other end of that is like let's say you set a release date and covid's still happening and now you can't play a show to support it you know and i i don't know how long it's gonna last i don't think anybody really does but it's one of those things like if you set the release date for june and covid ends in august you could have very well waited two months and released it at a show or something like that instead so exactly oh man that's got uncertain times yeah and that's one thing that's that's tough because i i feel that hurt the betty album was done in like april or june and we were just waiting on physical copies and it's like what do we do with this and we sent it out to radio stations because it was like well we'll let the radio stations play it but you know what else are we going to do with this thing? We don't we don't know when we're going to release it or when we'll have time to. And eventually, we just said, just pull the trigger and we picked a date. And it was actually election day, which kind of coincided with the album pretty well. Um, looks like we got cut off because of another robo call. You're back again. Yeah, another robo call. <laughs> That's all good. But it's you know, it's so tough to figure out what you're going to do or to make plans during, like you said, these uncertain times. And uh, yeah. but. The benefit is you guys are still out there writing music, doing stuff, and you have a plan. It's just a malleable plan. It's one that can change. Exactly. It was such. It's kind of a bummer with Pyrokinesis for Beginners. We we released it right at the end of 2019, and then shit hit the fan. Yeah, you got like three <laughs> months we didn't tops. Really get a, we didn't really get to go out and support it, but we played all those songs live leading up to it for like a year so yeah and that's i mean that's kind of what three finger betty did if you went and saw us live you've probably heard the songs before and stuff but yeah. uh but at the same rate if you haven't you know you can go check it out online speaking of which if anybody wants to go check out all guts no glory you guys do have facebook instagram twitter you're on youtube you're on every streaming site you're out there exactly um if anybody's looking for that i will put links in the description down below so if anybody says i gotta follow these guys i want to check out their music that 90s and 2000s grunge and rock and alt rock is like my favorite music just scroll down and click the link you won't be disappointed um i also have to say like i i come from a small town there's not too many people left here my age and i've buddied up with a lot of people who are are like your age you know about five years plus older than me and this is like their favorite kinds of music is this kind of music um i also feel yeah, like i had a lot of like my old classmates tell me that they they love this so yeah i, I we're doing something right exactly i feel like anybody that you know like we talked about you know probably would have graduated around 2000 or in the 90s somewhere you'll probably love this music and i i, I graduated 2000 so there we go. Yeah, I feel like you guys, this is yeah. right in your wheelhouse. Not, on the camera holy there. cow, that scared me when I looked over. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the huge eyes. Oh, yeah. If you're not watching the video version of this, you missed out big. You missed out big. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I, I, I feel like your guys' generation is also the generation now that it's coming into what I would call like the spending and buying power. You know, you guys are now yeah. the people that are making more money, going. I want to say going to bars, but you're going to shows, you're going and enjoying live music and going out to these live things. So I bet you guys are, are seeing a lot of, um, you know, benefits from that, you know, being the popular music for the people in the age group that are out there spending money and going to these shows. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, it's, it's weird. Cause it seems like 
you you end up dragging people in that like your music and then there's always like some stragglers that are younger that are just supporting music because they like live music and it's it's always this weird assortment of people but do you do you seem to notice that you are dragging in a lot of people around your age group or is it uh, yes absolutely that's or actually a little older oh really really that's nice yeah i uh do you think that a lot of that is just the music style like you guys are making music that speaks to these people's preferences you know yeah, actually, uh, when we released our first single, um, I'm friends with, I don't know if you know who Joe Franz is. He's the guy that shot all the CKY movies, and he was the filmographer. Okay. But I sent him the link, and he wrote me back instantly. He's like, this is awesome. This is like straight out of 1992 i love this that's cool that's cool. And i'm like whoa <laughs> <laughs> sorry for the coughing there but i this actually guy, he's the guy that did all the cool montages on the cky videos and on viva la bam and all that so and he directed all the the band cky's videos sweet i i wrote so, it down i'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out. I that's another one of my fun things about doing the podcast is is talking with people and realizing there's there's still so much music and things out there that I don't oh, yeah. know. And like I wrote down Tad and you know I'm gonna l- listen to that. Tad's as, awesome. I'm gonna listen to that. As, like heavy, grungy, dirty rock. You'll really dig them. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna definitely gonna check it out. You know, and it's it's so fun to hear that you know, like we talked earlier, the music scene in Iowa is big, but it's it's also very small. You know, it's one of those things yeah. where even though you and I have never talked to each other, I didn't know that you had ties to um, both Jeremy Bendy and Jonathan Rowell, who I've you know interacted with in my past before. It's a uh, like once again, uh, small music scene. It's it's big, but it's yeah. small. You know. <laughs> Um, I think we've got, we've got 50 plus minutes in here. Um, is there, is there anything else you want to add to this podcast? I feel like we've covered a decent amount of stuff, but I'm always open to, to new topics. If there's any hot button issues you want to, want to get out. No, I think covered pretty much everything. So let's, uh, let's, uh, give it all a shout out one more time. Uh, Ryan Craig, all guts, no glory. Um, your band based out of the Atumwa ish area, which is. Yeah. Um, an oddly magical hotspot for music. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we talked about it at the beginning, but it's something yeah. down there. You guys are doing I've something right. You, you've you've done quite a few interviews with Atumwa people, so I I love it down there, man. I've I I, yeah. I I don't think I've seen a band I disliked from Atumwa. So uh, hats off to every band in Atumwa. We've got Hollow Tree. We've got Good Devils. We've got All Guts No Glory. There's Uncle. There's you know all these good bands are here. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uncle. I, that was another one. I interviewed them a little over a year ago. Um, I hope they're still making music. I haven't seen too much of their stuff. I think they are. Actually. Good, good. Yeah. I, I knew COVID was one of the things that kind of hit them pretty hard as far as like not being able to play shows. Obviously it hit us all, but, um, yeah, yeah I hope they're cranking out new music too. And, uh, speaking of cranking out new music, uh, Ryan, you guys got a new EP coming out in all guts, no glory. Do you have a title for it or are you still kind of not just... yet? All right. Yeah. So uh, if you guys are looking for, early on, if you guys are looking for info on that, follow them on social media. All the links are down below. If and you, yeah, we're going to start doing like a few skits, I think, on our YouTube. So nice. Stuff. The link for the YouTube will be down below as well. So uh, scroll down there and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, do it. Uh, yeah, do it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been trying to support as many YouTube channels as yeah, possible. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. <laughs> Get through the chopper. 
get to the YouTube channel. Man, tell me. <laughs> do it. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a perfect way to end this one. Uh, Ryan, all guts, no glory. Uh, I, I dig what you guys are doing. Keep doing it. I'm excited to hear cool, the new man. EP. Um, thank you for joining me. Don't go away. I'm going to end the recording, but uh, I'll, okay. ch I'll chat with you after the podcast. Thanks, man. Cool, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, baby. What a fun time sitting down talking with Ryan Craig. Uh, once again, uh, his band is All Guts, No Glory. Scroll down. Check out the links down below. You can find the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, and the YouTube link. They're also available on every streaming service you can imagine. So check that out. Uh, they got the new EP coming out. So follow them on social media if you want to hear more information about that. Uh, I'm pretty stoked for it. I'm excited that bands are still making music out there. And uh, even though there's not very many places to play and, and not very many shows to be had in the last, oh, almost a year now. Oh, well, there's still bands making music. So check them out. This is All Guts, No Glory. All their links are down below. Hats off to you, Ryan, for sitting down and uh, taking some time out of your day to chat with me. Appreciate it, man. Oh, man. If you guys are also looking for more stuff to click on, there's Audible Farm links down below. We mentioned it in the audio version. Uh, there's some fun stuff going on in the video versions every now and then. So if you guys are interested in that, check out the Audible Farm Patreon page. It just costs $1 a month, and you can get all of the Audible Farm video versions. Uh, like I said, a dollar a month, that usually equates to four video versions a month, so they cost a quarter a piece, I guess, if anybody's doing the math on that. So if it's something that interests you, check it out. Otherwise, you can watch little snippets and clips on the Audible Farm YouTube channel. That is uh, youtube.com slash audiblefarm. Don't forget to subscribe. We're getting really close to 200 subscribers there. And uh, speaking of milestones, we just cleared 1,000 likes on Facebook. So that's really awesome. I really appreciate that, everybody, for doing... Uh, you know, inviting people to like the page and sharing all the posts and, and liking and commenting and everything. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys very much. Um, I mean, it's been just over two years I've been doing the podcast. And we transformed the, the page from just being some YouTube stuff here and there to doing a whole full-end podcast and starting at episode zero. And uh, now we're on episode 124, this is. So uh, i got to give my hats off to uh, Ryan Craig one more time for sitting down with me, taking some time out of his day. That's actually pretty important to me, the fact that there are people that are willing to take time out of their day to promote the things that they work on in the rest of their free time during their day. And I understand that not everybody has free time, and uh, I guess I'm you know, not any different. I don't always have free time, even though I do have a decent amount of free time these days. Uh, if you guys have people that you think might be interested in doing a podcast, have them hit me up. Uh, I also understand it, you know, like I said, people's lives get busy. So if you've hit me up before and one of us got busy, don't worry. Uh, we'll, we'll get a podcast done soon enough. So I've, I've been reaching back out to some people that um, I had overlooked or people that had failed to get back in touch with me. And we're getting some podcasts uh, done and getting some scheduled up. So it's pretty fun. I really got to say I appreciate everybody being, you know, you know, willing to do the podcast and being friendly back to me if if I was the one that forgot to get back in touch with you. So thank you guys very much for doing that. Uh, check out the Audible Farm shop if you're looking for extra Audible Farm stuff. If you really want to have that Audible Farm merch, we've got t-shirts and hoodies there. Uh, there's also stickers available, but I guess uh, I guess if you run into me in person, you may be lucky enough to, to get a sticker. I don't know. I usually have a couple stickers on me, but if you guys are looking for a pack of stickers, go over to the Audible Farm shop. There are now four packs of stickers, and those four packs are 25% off, so it makes them a little bit more affordable. We can get some stickers uh, on your phones or wherever you guys like to stick stickers these days. 
uh, that is pretty much it for the episode this week. Um, I do I do think I should mention that Three Finger Betty did have an album come out. I've kind of talked about it a little bit in the podcast here and there with some of my guests. But we did have an EP come out in November of 2020. Uh, it is now January of 2021. And uh, we've had a lot of people supporting the album, buying digital versions, buying vinyl versions, buying CDs, buying t-shirts uh it's it's wild uh thank you everybody for supporting us if you're looking for any of that merch that is at threefingerbetty.bandcamp.com um there's no link to it down below but i guess you can go to at threefingerbetty on any social media um platform and check that out and uh, i guess for those that don't know i do play guitar in a band called three finger betty so i do talk about it a little bit here and there in the podcast but i try to keep it to a little bit of a minimum um, because it's a guest-driven podcast for the most part. So if you guys are interested in that, check it out. It's rock. It's punk. There's solos. There's great drumming. There's a, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. So check it out. It's a cool album. Uh, we worked pretty hard on it. And uh, like I said, it's been received pretty well by radio stations and fans and people I know, people I don't know. We've been shipping vinyls out across the U.S. actually. So and it's pretty wild. Uh, thank you guys if you've purchased it. If you haven't purchased it and you want a copy... And you know me personally, I guess hit me up. Um, if we live close by, I'll deliver one. Otherwise, uh, Bandcamp Bandcamp is the place to go if you don't want to wait. I was given a handful of vinyls to distribute around uh, my friends, and I've only got, I think, two left. So if you wanted to meet up with me and you told me to save a vinyl for you, I may or may not have one available for you when you hit me up. So if I don't, it's at the Bandcamp page. Otherwise, get at me for some of that vinyl goodness. Uh, one more time, shout out to Ryan Craig. All guts, no glory. All the links are down below. Check it out. I really appreciate everybody taking time out of their day to listen to the podcast, to be on the podcast, and support the podcast. Uh, it just makes me smile so much. So thank you guys very much. I'll check everybody out next week. There will be another great guest, and it's uh, going to be another awesome podcast. So we'll check you out later. Peace. Peace.